everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Girl Under You with your host, it's me, Maddie Drosbeck. And today I'm joined by my best friend in the entire world, Ashley Olafson, <laughs> the woman of the hour. If you're watching the video version of this podcast and the lighting is weird, it's because we're recording this as the sun is going down and we're recording this virtually baby (laughs) even though we're literally only a couple streets over from each other this is all via facetime (laughs) actually i met we were in the first grade so it's been many a year that we've known each other um she knows every single part of my being like of all the people that i know in this life ashley knows me i mean ashley knows me like every single part of me (laughs) true and And for what it's worth you know you know me just as well oh yeah I mean we've spent so much time with each other it would be like kind of ridiculous if we didn't (laughs) yeah and just like growing up and experiencing so much through so many different like phases of life I feel yeah so sort of segueing off of that I figured what more of a perfect person to talk to about this than Ashley, but I wanted to talk about the power of female friendship and sort of what it is meant to us growing up and um, a a little background on Ashley. She is just an unstoppable force. (laughs) She's an entrepreneur. She like is so passionate and cares deeply about women and young girls and Ashley has really prioritized our friendship throughout our entire life and I just I feel like we both have some really interesting things to say about creating long-lasting female friendships and like what the value in that is. Tell them a little bit about um, sort of your background and move and sort of like what drives you and all of that. Totally. So like Maddie, I'm 23 years old, graduated from UMass Amherst. Go UMass. I was a tour guide, so you know I love UMass. Um, But when I was 15 years old, I was really frustrated because all my friends and I were struggling with low self-esteem and poor body image and mental health and relationship pressures and It really frustrated me when I would look at my friends who I thought were so beautiful and so perfect and so amazing. It really bothered me when I looked at them and they couldn't see those things about themselves. And so I was like, uh, kind of like, I'm not above it either. You know, like I'm struggling just as much as all my friends are. And I was like, something has to change. And so I'll start with me and we'll go from there. And me, Maddie, and two of our other friends teamed up and we ended up giving a workshop to a group of eighth grade girls where we just talked openly and honestly about stuff like body image and self-esteem. And this was when we were sophomores in high school. So we were 15 years old when we started working on it in January. Both you and I were 16 by the time that we actually delivered the workshop. And we kind of kept going from there. It ended up turning into a whole movement of sorts. And over the past eight years, we've delivered six week-long summer programs. And I've given like over 100 workshops at schools all over New England and have spoken to literally thousands of young women just about self-esteem and leadership and confidence. Um, And yeah, I do a bunch of different ventures. That was... I'm still running Move, but I've done like two other ventures since then. So currently I'm 
uh, working at Visionaria Consulting, which I just founded, and I'm basically helping young women start businesses and providing behind-the-scenes support to businesses that are impactful. Um, I think working with women, for me, has always felt so important and powerful because I think, like, growing up, you feel kind of inadequate in a lot of ways. I don't know if you could relate, but just, like, underestimated and kind of torn down, and so it's like... Um, you're up against a lot, I've always felt, especially when it comes to self-esteem and body image. And so, like, I really wanted to work with young women uh, and empower young women because it felt so personal to me, you know? I mean, anybody who's attended a MOVE summer program or a, a MOVE workshop, been close to Ashley's work at all, can really talk to how valuable um the stuff that Ashley does is it's I mean I feel like so many of the girls that attend move they I mean they leave the camp completely transformed they're like they do they they're experiencing so much in the span of like five days and I mean they come back year after year because it really is very special the community that has been built there um and by the end of it, it's like not only are they learning about like themselves, but they're also learning about like leadership and connecting with yeah. each other. And they leave with some really like long lasting Tangible. female friendships, yeah, which wait, is like I, totally irreplaceable. I have like so many thoughts to that. So the first thing is like, um, like to put it in perspective, 4% of women around the world believe that they're beautiful according to Dove Soap. Maybe it's an outdated statistic, but regardless, it's not a high percentage. Yeah. 92% of move girls surveyed believe that they're beautiful, which is huge because believing that you're beautiful and believing that you're confident, that impacts everything. Like what you go after, the relationships yeah. that you engage in, the habits that you engage in, like just like everything. But also I appreciate that compliment and I I guess I'm taking it as a compliment about community so much because I think that that's like one of the biggest things that I've learned throughout Move and throughout running businesses is how to cultivate community. And when I first started running Move, people would do things all the time that I wasn't really okay with. And it was small things, but it was things that was like, okay, this isn't really the community that I want to cultivate. And um, I was too scared to say anything because I didn't want to come across, I didn't want people to not like me. For example, if girls were talking during the presentations, I didn't want to be like, guys, listen, because I wanted them to like me so much. Whereas now, like through a lot of growth, I am like very comfortable enforcing and upholding the culture that I really want at Move, which is supportive, kind, inclusive, open-minded, and when Jonah, my boyfriend, came to a day at Move for the first time this past summer, his like biggest compliment was that he watched me throughout the day make a bunch of different decisions that all ultimately led to like upholding the culture that I wanted to be creating. And I just felt like so like grateful and like understood and really seen. You know, like it wasn't something that I had talked to him about before, like uh, this community building aspect and it just meant so much to me especially coming from him but also because his parents grew up uh pretty or I don't know if they grew up pretty religious but they were uh campus ministers so he grew up in like 
a lot of faith-based communities. And so he really understands what it takes to build a successful community. Mm. So I just like, that meant so much to me. So thanks for reiterating that because I really take that so seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I also think that, I mean, Ashley definitely practices what she preaches in her own friendships and relationships as well, which is what makes the work that she does so valuable because it's coming from someone that you can really trust. Um, And... I mean, Ashley is my best friend in the entire world for a reason. I love her to pieces. She And I feel like I just value our friendship so, so very much. Um, and I only wish that, like, everyone gets to experience the kind of friendship that we have. Because I think it's, totally. like, just so, so special. Um, so we've sort of compiled some stories and moments that we feel are pretty like monumental in our friendship as far as like detailing (laughs) what's important in these kinds of female friendships and how to maintain these like deep like long lasting connections with people and I mean there's so much that goes into it and this list can go on forever so like well we can totally add on to anything we say here and I'm sure that Ashley and I could just like I mean we have years to gush about here so yeah but what the first thing I mean I don't know if this is like the first thing meaning that it's the most important thing because obviously I think it is you think oh yeah the first thing that I wrote down when thinking about like how to really nourish and cultivate these types of friendships is just loyalty which obviously can mean a lot of different things um there's one story that stands out to me with Ashley but there's (laughs) it's like we're gonna tell that one and listen this is like a display of loyalty that is just like it runs (sighs) deep okay (laughs) so oh my god brilliance brilliance was achieved on this day so Basically, when we were in high school, there was this one guy that I always liked. I like and middle school (laughs) and forever. I had a crush on him in middle school and just like loved him. He was the only person in our hometown that I was like, I want to hook up with him. Like actively until the day we graduated was like, oh my god, he's just so hot (laughs) and. We were always, like, acquaintances. Like, we were friendly, so it wasn't, like, super far off. But it definitely, like, we were going to have to put some work in if we really wanted to make it happen. And, I mean, Ashley was down to make it happen. We knew that, like, it just, the stars had to align at some point. And it was freshman year of college. I had still not hooked up with him, still never fulfilled my dream. (laughs) And... Ashley came up with this brilliant idea. I don't know how she concocted it, but she did, and I respect her for it. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley concocted this brilliant idea that we should come up with a reason to hang out with him that seems super serious. So he'll be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. But then it's totally made up. So to, you know, delve a little deeper here, we made up a fake documentary that we were wanting to interview him for. <laughs> this documentary didn't exist. It wasn't going to be made. We really never had any intention to like really make it. 
we just needed to set this up so that we could interview him and hang out with him and Ashley could sort of like merge us together and I could just like spend some time with him. (laughs) And literally we did it. Like it was like not, it was like, it was nothing. We didn't even consider that like how absolutely insane that is. We were like, oh yeah. Absolutely not. We're doing it. We're all in. (laughs) And not that that led to us hooking up, but we did hook up two years later. So dreams do come true, everybody. It was just one step closer to, you know, really just like supporting the girls. Can I tell my story? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So Maddie basically is like the best friend in the entire world because the reason why I say that loyalty is my number one isn't because Mm. I think that loyalty means like not uh, critiquing you or I don't think that loyalty is like I don't think that loyalty is, like, without any judgment. I just think that loyalty means that, like, your friend has your back and you trust them and you trust them not to talk badly about you with anyone else because you trust them to bring it to you and to confront it and work on it with you. And, like, they will hate anyone who doesn't have your back and so this is actually it's a good story but maddie your loyalty has like led me to being confused in other relationships when Mm -hmm. they aren't as loyal to me as you are and i'm like it is so hurtful to me that they could still be close to someone that i'm struggling with because you know so anyway here's a story Long story short, there was this person that I was best friends with for my freshman and sophomore year, which was significant because um, freshman year was kind of tough, so I didn't have like a ton of friends, I'll be honest. And this person and I were very close. And anyway, um, at the end of my sophomore year, he out of nowhere decided to completely ignore me and gradually start hanging out with me. And then unfollowed me on Instagram, which was brutal, confusing, hurtful. I mean, we had literally spent Uh, a couple days a week together every week for the past two years he had visited me in Hopkinton like we were we were very close I would consider him one of my best friends so anyway then um I like continually reach out to him asking if we can like talk about it and like he doesn't uh want to talk about anything and is confused and thinks that nothing is going on which was totally not true And something else that I would like to point out is that, um, I'm going to give a content warning if I'm allowed to say this. Um, he blamed me for my sexual assault, which was so hurtful and so horrible to have heard that, especially because he was one of the first people that I told. It was just really, really bad. So anyway, horrible fucking person. Cruel. Anyway. absolutely the worst. Just horrible. So anyway... (laughs) Um, Maddie, uh, he left you a voicemail, a weird yeah. voicemail. Do you want so, to talk about that? Yeah. For like a little bit of a background, I had actually known him before Ashley met him. We were never friends, but he dated one of my friends in high school. He, they were like from a different town. It was like my friend yeah. from like a theater camp. And so I had like sort of known him and spent a little bit of time with him when he was dating my friend. And... I had, like, seen him a couple times when I would came to UMass to visit Ashley, but it's not yeah. like he and I were friends outside of the context of Ashley. Like, no. the only reason I knew him or spoke to him <laughs> was because of Ashley. It's not like I maintained yeah. a relationship with him after he dated my fucking friend. <laughs> like, 
it just like very yeah. casually too like it wasn't yeah. like it was like a long or serious relationship no, not at all and honestly it ended badly <laughs> so i had heard nasty oh, things about him and um he left me this voicemail one night. It was so fucking dramatic. I wonder if I still have it, actually. <sighs> so he left me this long voicemail being like, what's up, Maddie? I'm driving home from some fucking comedy troupe meeting he was leaving. At 1 a.m.? Yeah. Like, like in his this car This was like driving. a 1 a.m. voicemail. This was a dramatic, like, he's taking pauses between every sentence. Like, he was really, like, hamming it up. And, I mean, the gist of the voicemail was basically, like, I hope that you and I can stay in touch despite everything that's happening with Ashley right now. And I just, like, hope that, like, I would really hate it if, like, I didn't get to know you anymore because I think you're a pretty exceptional person, whatever. And I was listening to it the next morning when I heard it. Like, are you dumb? Like, are you actually stupid? Are you brain dead? I'm like, listen, dude, if you say such horrible things to my best friend about my best friend, if you treat my best friend like that, what on God's green earth makes you think that I am going to want to have anything to do with you? The story basically wraps up when Maddie came to visit me. So anyway, we would always go to like comedy parties. Anyway, long story short, we end up at the same fucking party and he immediately notices that Maddie is there with me. And I was pretty supportive because we went with Jimmy and Jonah too. So I like, I felt really like I have my, my crew, like I'm ready to go. I'm having a fun night. Like it was really fun. And anyway, um, at one point, he, like, basically comes up to us, which is shocking. This is the first interaction that I've had with him in months. Pretends that nothing is wrong and is like, hey, guys. <laughs> and I think I drunkenly look at him and I'm just like, oh, no. Like, I yeah. do not want to do this. I, like, I don't remember what I said, but it's something like that. And Maddie looks at him and pretends that she does not know him. <laughs> like, Maddie looks at him and she's like, uh, <laughs> like, she just, like, she, he doesn't know me. He's been ignoring me. Maddie has no idea who he is. And it was, like, man. the craziest display of loyalty I've just ever seen. I, it meant a lot to me. And he looked crushed. Like, he walked away, like. He like left he the party. Been, yo, he literally loved the party. He was, like, totally embarrassed. And I was like, you should be. But I think those are, like, two displays of, like, loyalty in two different ways. Like, yeah. one is, like, loyalty, like, I will stand by you and, like, I'm not gonna hang around with people who don't respect you and love you the way that you deserve to because why the fuck yeah. would I? And then the other is, like, I'm going to support your goals in this life and we're gonna make it's it true. happen <laughs> no matter what it takes. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I feel like that's totally spot on. <laughs> so the next thing that I think is really important in um, creating long-lasting female friendships is vulnerability. And like I've said before, is I think Ashley has literally seen every single side of me that there is. And I don't feel the need to be like any, <coughs> any level of like perfect in front of Ashley. Um, I feel really comfortable being vulnerable. <laughs> She's like the first person I call when I'm losing my fucking mind. And like, I'm sure I, I know that I've called <laughs> Ashley in the middle of like, just like nonsensical breakdowns where I'm like, I don't even know what I'm upset about yet. I'm just like upset. And yeah. Ashley will 
sit there and listen and she never makes me feel like I'm crazy or like, you know, she's a great listener and I feel like me feeling so comfortable to just like expose like myself and my lowest moments to her and not even second guess it Mm -hmm. to just be like, this is like another, this is an extension of myself. This is somebody that I feel so close to that like, I don't give a fuck what I show you or yeah totally the there's like a I just finished this Brene Brown book I think I was telling you about it but Mm -hmm. she quotes someone in it and it's basically on vulnerability or something like that and the quote goes along something like the risk is high the reward is great yeah just in like being open and in like standing alone in your openness and vulnerability and like I feel like I went to college and something I realized and have continued to realize sort of throughout my early 20s is just that it's really special to have friends that you can be that vulnerable with and yeah it's rare to find people that you can really open up to like that I've you know spoken to so many people who you know I don't know I feel like I hear about like the craziest friend drama And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, can't you just, like, talk to them? Like, open up to these people? And they can't. And it's, like, so many people, their friendships are based on, like, fun and drinking and, like, Mm -hmm. partying rather than being open and vulnerable with each other and, like, having, like, a true heart-to-heart connection. It's, like, a lot of friendships are, like, rooted and they're connected based on, like how much and how well you guys socialize with other people yeah and you know it's hard you're making me think about how something that people have told me people that I'm not really friends with anymore um like not in a super mean way but they've just commented on how like I expect a lot out of my Mm -hmm. relationships yeah absolutely and it's hard because I guess I do I don't really think about it like that because First of all, I'm giving everything that I expect. Yeah. And second of all, it, it just seems like the right thing to do. Like, the right yeah. thing to do is to just treat people with non-judgment and, like, support them and, like, be honest with them and all these different things. That's been hard, like, hearing that. Yeah. In, like, totally. a negative way. Like, they I've, don't want to give me. Yeah. I've definitely been told that as well. Like, the last time yeah. I went through, like, a major like friend breakup that's exactly what like my parents said to me and they were like don't you think that your standards are a little high for the people in your life and I'm like well of course they are and they should be like and like also like I'm never pushing anyone like that's something that I feel very like I feel like that's true like I want a lot of openness and I want a lot of like you know trust and communication but like I'm also friends with very, like, private, more introverted people, like Carly and Jonah, you know? And, like, uh, whenever, like, they don't want to, like, talk about something, first of all, I always try to tell them, like, you don't have to tell me this right now. We don't have to talk about this. Let me know if you don't want to talk about this. But also, like, I hope that I create a space that's comfortable enough for them to advocate. Like, I don't, like, push people to the brink of, like, discomfort in telling them stuff. Like, right. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear actually what they would say about that too. I'm sure they'd have an interesting perspective. 
definitely. Also, I feel like it's like it's not even that it's a high standard. Like it that to me feels like the bare minimum for a friendship is like yeah. if you want this to be long lasting, if you want this to be like truly, you know, strong, unbreakable, stand the test of time, these are yeah. like these are things that have to happen and that have to be there. I don't think that it's asking totally. too much to you know require vulnerability yeah i agree and when it's like i don't like it either because then it feels like it's being put on you like Mm -hmm. well you have too high standards right and it's like i just literally like expect my friends and want my friends to be to like not be like backstabbing like that like it's really not it shouldn't be that wild and it is actually kind of funny to hear people turn it around on you that it's like when somebody hurts you or betrays you it's your fault for having too high standards rather than being like this person is objectively not a good friend and like being a good friend is important and when somebody isn't one and slips up and doesn't take accountability or responsibility for that. Like you're allowed to be hurt and have it nothing to have it have nothing to do with yeah. what your standards are. Totally. Well, and also like you can, like I I understand that like fr- people have different expectations of friendships, right? Yeah. And so like you can like communicate about that. Like I might expect that we text twice a week and do a FaceTime call. You might expect that we don't do any FaceTime calls, but we text every day. Like there, But we can have like a conversation about that, you know, yeah. and like meet in the middle and figure out a way to make our friendship work. Like, I don't want to be too much. Right. Like, I don't want to be that. And if you just like communicate with me, then like we can find a way to meet in the middle and make it work for both of us. Right. I just feel like people that react like that like you're too much you're asking for too much like it's probably best that we figure this out sooner rather than later that like if that's how you yeah. view our dynamic and our connection then we're probably just not compatible so do you want to kick us off for the next one yeah so the next one is honesty and i really appreciate this one because like i was saying honesty is really important especially when it's done tactfully I think I really appreciate that you'll always give me your honest opinion because it makes going into conversations and doing anything with you so much easier because I know that you're not hiding anything from me it's not like you are telling me one thing and then saying something else to somebody else you know it's like I trust that your words mean something and also like that's big because if I'm ever asking you like are you okay with this I trust that your yes or your no is sincere. So then I'm not like, well, Maddie said that it's fine, but I feel like it's not fine. I'm like very confused. I'm like, Maddie says that it's fine. She says she doesn't care. So like, it is fine. I don't have to worry about either. Like that's nice to trust. Um, But something that I did want to mention was how um, I like uh, grew up feeling very like insecure and uncertain in a lot of my relationships I think um I didn't have one friend group I was kind of friends with a lot of people in elementary school and middle school and high school and that was really great to be friends with so many people but it also meant that I was on the outskirts of a lot of friend groups and so I didn't really get invited to a lot of things because I was not like you know the core 
like group. I was like just friendly with a group. So like I wouldn't get invited to that stuff. And I just remember feeling like very like uncertain about a lot of my relationships and very like unsure where I stood. And I'm someone who really needs to be like verbally affirmed. Like I need to be told where we are and how to feel. And I'm gonna look for signals to like affirm me, you know, and verbal affirmation is like, I really believe it. Cause I know when I say things, I mean it. And so yeah. like, I trust that when you say something, you mean it too. That's why it's always so hard for me when people are backstabbing because it's like, I just can't wrap my head around it. Right. So anyway, um, I was like dating someone really briefly my junior year and it was really hard to balance. Like in all honesty because you know like you have your license and you have ACTs and SATs and I was doing theater and I was trying to balance my friends and this like new relationship of mine and um I kind of like grew apart from my friends a little bit and partially it was like literally because I could only hang out with like I couldn't hang out with people during like the school days you know so it's like when I had an opportunity of like who I was going to hang out with I chose the person that I was dating and um Maddie like kind of I wish that there was a better word than confronted because that I would that has negative connotation but mm-hmm. Maddie basically like just was really really honest with me and in like a huge Facebook message our junior year of high school and told me that just like really laid everything out on the table was super vulnerable told me how hurt she had felt and also super reaffirmed our friendship and told me that like I was her best friend and all these things and it just like meant so much to me and it was a huge turning point in our friendship I feel because I had been feeling really weird and upset about what was going on between the two of us but I didn't know how to communicate it and I was also too scared to communicate it and I didn't want to like offend you or upset you if like like I just I felt so helpless and so my reaction and response at the time was like to do nothing except just like secretly harbor my anxiety and panic and it meant so much to me when you like were honest enough to be like okay I feel like I'm being not really chosen and I was like you're right thanks and then we (laughs) cried about it yeah we had right a great in that room call. over there. <laughs> yeah. Being honest with your friends in, in every context, like in in little things when like they ask for your opinion on something, like being honest in that sense, not to like, you know, give them small yeses. And then with bigger things, when your feelings are hurt and you feel like you need to express that or you feel like something's wrong and whatever. I think that like Ashley and I are both very good at being honest with each other. And I think that it just makes it clearer that like we both really prioritize the well-being of each other at our cores and like I think that makes it a lot easier when you do have tough conversations because you're like I know that we're not having this conversation because there's like an unsolvable problem like we're having this conversation because I care deeply about you and want to figure out how to fix this and I think that like when you constantly reinforce that in your friendships and like you just approach every single conversation being that honest like you're gonna yeah it's gonna be smooth sailing and like really like you and I really don't have conflicts like we don't have like I don't fight with Ashley we don't (laughs) have like I feel like our friendship is very comfortable and it's very I mean that is in part because of time and how much time we've spent with each other but it's also because I think that we are both very honest with each other so 
nothing is ever building up to the point where like we have to have a blowout yeah totally and like also something that i would add is that i think i think like it's important to be honest with your friends i also think that it's important to know whose feedback you actually want to trust something that i feel like i really learned the past year and a half has been like i used to tell everybody everything and was just super open and honest with like literally everyone and anyone i've become a lot more private the past year and a half and a big part of that has been like learning okay like everybody's gonna try and give me feedback if i share with everybody and then like that feedback is probably gonna hurt me because it's not super informed because I'm only sharing with them apart because I just fucking love to be open. <laughs> so like I'm so like something that I've really learned is like to be open, but to be like open and honest with the people that I really trust and to like be thoughtful and critical about the feedback that's honest that's being given to me and if I like value it and if I want to agree with it or not. Yeah, I think a lot of people end up surrounded by yes men and people who just sort of tell them what they want to hear because it's easier to be like that and to just tell people what is gonna end the conversation the quickest but that's not long term what's gonna be Mm -hmm. the most beneficial to your relationship well Um, yeah and like it's also just gonna build up right so like I mean I don't know I've definitely felt that in relationships before and that's something that like I've learned with Jonah is just like immediately say it uh, if, if yeah. I think he's being annoying or whatever. Because like if I don't, if I'm not honest, it's going to build up and it's going to turn into something a lot bigger than it needs to. And then sort of jumping into the next thing that I want to talk about is Ashley is like the most supportive person in my entire life. She's very... <sighs> like vocally just like on your team always and this is sort of connected to loyalty I guess but it is I think it's sort of like a merging of loyalty and honesty in a way because I feel like it's it's just like like affirmation yeah like people always tell me that they're they're always like whenever I'm not whenever I'm meeting someone but when I meet people they're always like how did you learn to affirm people and look yeah. them in the eyes and say what you're saying. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't also, know. Like, you're very specific with your compliments as well, which also I feel like makes them more sincere. Like when you compliment Thanks. people and when you like speak highly of people, you're very like particular about what you're saying and you're specific and you know, Thanks. like it's clear that you've really thought about it and you're not just like, yeah, you know, saying nice shit. So people will think you're the kindest person on earth. Like you really do like think those wonderful things about people and you are just like very kind and want the people around you to know how valuable they are which is like one of your best traits I think thanks super kind I feel like it goes back to self-esteem because I I like reposted something on Instagram the other day that basically says like uh the way that you treat other people is a reflection of how you feel about yourself and if you feel, like, more secure, and, like, I'm not perfectly secure, but I feel, like, pretty, like, comfortable with myself and mostly yeah. secure, like, you're going to respond to other people in a way that, like, lifts them up, yeah. you know? Definitely. Yeah. So I think that, like, obviously it's, like, a accumulation of all of those things and also just, like, how compatible you are as people, interests, um, what you prioritize, how you communicate, um, 
that kind of thing. I, I think a lot of it is like personality types <coughs> you end up merging with, but mm-hmm. ENFPs. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know if you guys have heard of this game. It's a game that I've wanted to play with Ashley for uh, a super long time, ever since I got the game myself, because I think that Ash would really like it. Um, I don't have it with me currently, but if you guys haven't heard of We're Not Really Strangers, it's a game that is basically, it's intended to help you connect with people and sort of like deepen the relationships that you have. Um, I've played it a couple times. I own it. It's in New York right now. I definitely intend to do a full episode with Ashley at some point or make a video for my channel where we play a game of We're Not Really Strangers together because I do think that would be really um, interesting to watch, like two friends that have known each other as long as Ashley and I play the game together. But just for the sake of the podcast, I thought that it would be fun to go through a couple We're Not Really Strangers questions um together right now just for fun not playing in game format or anything but just to sort of you know start some start some conversations love (laughs) so this is the first question it is what's the hardest lesson you've learned in love oh easy (laughs) let me think of how to articulate it but um Definitely the hardest lesson to learn was actually um, that conflict isn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up only seeing conflict as kind of a really horrible, bad thing. And so the first time that uh, Jonah, my boyfriend, and I had a conflict, like three months into our relationship, I was like devastated. Like I felt like I couldn't believe that this was happening. Now are we going to break up? What's going to happen? And it sounds silly, but it was really just like so hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that like conflict didn't mean that the relationship was ending. And I struggled with approaching conflict and navigating conflict uh, for the entire first year of our relationship. I was terrified to bring it up. Not because I thought that he was going to like reject me or Uh, like be mean to me or anything but just because I was so scared that like if I had a problem he wouldn't want to date me or like just so scared that like it was a bad thing and it meant that our relationship was bad because there was a conflict and like as a result there was you know like a lot of stuff that wasn't really dealt with because I wasn't engaging in conflict and being honest and I really struggled with feelings of insecurity that I was too scared to bring up because of that. So anyway, I think like now I'm way more comfortable engaging with conflict in like all capacities, like professionally and personally, because Jonah has been so helpful and kind in just like helping me remember that conflict isn't a bad thing. And like the first year of dating, he would always like directly tell me like verbatim, conflict is not a bad thing. (laughs) And that was like really helpful to hear And I really appreciated how reassuring he was whenever I, like, would confess to him my insecurities. Like, does this mean that we're going to break up? Does this mean that you, like, whatever my fears were? But that was a really hard lesson because I really felt like everything was ruined when we had our first conflict. Can I ask you yours? Well, I guess this sort of connects, but I remember being younger and really thinking that sometimes I still do think this. But I remember being younger and thinking a lot that if someone else loved my body and celebrated it all the time and really made me feel beautiful, that I would feel that way about myself. 
Mm-hmm. And I, when I was younger and even up until recently, I'm sure I've said comments like this as well, where maybe I wanted to, I feel like I've hit a peak as far as how much I can like myself. And I've probably yeah. said something along the lines of like, I'm comfortable in myself, but until I believe that somebody else can love me, I'll never love myself enough. Yeah. And I think that more recently in my life, I've totally began to like oppose that way of thinking. And like, I don't really believe anymore that like I, let's say I never find someone to truly love me. I don't think I'm missing out on some level of love. Like I think that what I give myself is enough and I have to believe Mm -hmm. it's enough because to believe that I won't be able to see something in myself until someone else shows it to me is like kind of heartbreaking. And yeah, it, I feel like I, in subtle ways, like I definitely got like less aggressive with it the older that I got. But I mean, up even last year, I probably said stuff like that. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. that just like really starting to believe and accept that like, I don't need another person, not now, not ever. Mm-hmm. To give me something that I would otherwise be, like, missing out on or, like, at a total loss yeah. of. And because, Maddie, like, realistically, if you were to be in a relationship with someone, you wouldn't be satisfied with right. that. Like, because there isn't, nobody can satisfy that except for you. You know, that, like, loneliness, that seeking, that, like, craving for connection or desire or whatever it is. Yeah. Like you I feel like you would be unsatisfied in aspects of the relationship because you didn't feel like you were getting what you have been chasing for so long right and it would have nothing to do with them like it's nothing to do with them yeah they could be so reassuring but you it would be because it's you it's your insecurity right it's not theirs you know I agree absolutely okay I've got two more we're just gonna do three what's your favorite part of yourself that isn't physical that's a really good question. I think, okay, there's like parts of myself that I really like, but that I also feel ashamed of or like embarrassed about, like just because of like the way that other people like react to it, you know, like for example, like just, yeah, whatever. But something that I really like and that I feel like mm-hmm. is I like that I am pretty non judgmental and pretty open minded and. I kind of don't care what anybody else does because they're just doing the best thing for them and I'm just doing the best thing for me. So it doesn't really matter. I feel like my gut instinct is to just say like my lack of embarrassment. I feel like I'm, I'm very like, I don't feel embarrassed or like timid to approach certain topics that I, especially the ones that I feel passionately about, but I feel like I'm just, I don't, it's pretty difficult to embarrass me and to make me uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. something. I feel like I'm very open to any conversation topic and um, that also I'm good at making other people feel comfortable in those types of topics. Totally. Um, That's huge. That's definitely up there. And then last one, this is interesting and it's sort of, um, I mean, it's like a deeper question. It's a little philosophical. Okay. Why do you think we met? Oh, interesting. 
You yeah. and I? Yeah. I mean, it would have been really bad if we didn't. <laughs> like, that's all that I'm, like, thinking about. Like, it just, like, it would have, like, sucked. Like, that would have been really lonely and uh, isolating and hard for a long time. Yeah. Um, I guess this is getting into God and stuff, right? And, like, we haven't really talked about this recently, but mm. I really do feel like I believe in some sort of God or higher being. I've, I feel like I have so much trust and so much faith in the universe. Uh, and maybe that's just privilege. And, like, probably a large part of that is privilege. Um, just that things work out the way that they do. And I, But I feel so trusting of the universe. And I guess I ultimately do feel like it was just like meant to be like as is what do you think I feel like my like gut reaction to this question is just that like and sort of circling back to the conversation we had earlier but like I feel like you have taught me so much about what it means to be a friend and I feel like if I had not met you I don't think that I would be as good of a friend as I am. I also feel like I'm, like, more emotionally intelligent because I know you. I feel like you have just, like, totally, like, changed the way I communicate with people and communicate how I feel. And I really just – it's one of those, like (laughs) – I'm going to, like, quote Wicked. And it's, like, because I knew you, I've been changed for good. And, like, that's totally how I feel about our friendship. That's sweet. And I really do feel, like, the same way. I've said this to you before, but, like, I knew that I was ambitious growing up, but I didn't know anybody that had ever executed ambition. And watching you start your YouTube channel so many years ago was so inspiring to me because it was, like, she's really fucking going for it. And not only that, you continued to go for it, even when other people were not kind to you, even when they were seriously bullying you. You stuck, like, true to who you are and to your passions and to what you wanted to do, despite what anybody else was saying. And that was, like, crazy to me. Yeah. I, I, like, I couldn't believe that somebody my age that I knew was just, like, going for it, you know? And, like, I think, like, I don't think I would have started Move or done half the things that I've done if it hadn't been for, like, you kind of giving me the permission to do so and, like, leading the way and showing me that, like, we could put ourselves out there and we could do these, like, amazing things. I even think, like, um, like that's something that I still struggle with is just, like, uh, like, feeling insecure. Like, I often feel, I felt insecure, like, two or three nights ago just about how like big I am and the stuff that I'm doing and my personality and everything and like that's it's something that I'm proud of and it's what I want to be but it's like hard for me sometimes when I think about like other people knowing or commenting or judging or saying things and like you've been such a like role model to me in that way thank you yeah because like you give other people permission to be themselves and to bring their full selves and you give women permission to be ambitious and like to be vocal and to like pursue the stuff that they've always thought about doing it's very inspiring look at us such a power duo (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of iconic i won't lie 
So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll definitely have Ashley back on for another podcast. Woo-hoo. There's so many things that we can talk about. Um, and we'll totally play the full version of We're Not Really Strangers, either on my YouTube <laughs> channel or on another episode. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow Ashley yeah. on social media. Check out all of the stuff she's doing with her entrepreneurial endeavors. She is changing the goddamn world, so pay attention. At Ashley Olafson, www.visionariaconsulting.com, Italian word for visionary. You got it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I will see you next week. Bye.